0: welcome you this morning to the Lord's house. We want to make a start, please, today with number 87. 87, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord. seated. Well, what thanksgiving and rejoicing we can have today as the Lord has given us another opportunity to be in his house and to come to the place of prayer and praise and worship. And as we come to the house of God, we want to just be settled and ask for his blessing now upon our service. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, it is our our great joy and blessing to be able to come here once more to the place of prayer and fellowship and worship into your holy place and house, and we are thankful, Lord, for the return of another Lord's Day and for the grace that has been given to us to be here in person, and Lord, we are thankful for your mercies that are new to us every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness unto us. Father, we rejoice that we have been brought to the light. We have been brought to the light of truth and of knowing who Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is. And we're thankful for that day, Father, when the Holy Spirit opened our understanding and brought us to the place where we saw our own sin. And we realize that there is only one remedy for that. and It is to look by faith to our blessed Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we rejoice today that we know in our hearts it is well with our souls. Our sins have been forgiven. We have a home in heaven. And, Lord, one day soon we will be gathered around the throne of our Lord and Savior in glory forever and forever. And I pray, Lord, today that we will realize that each day given to us is a very blessed gift. And today is a brand new day that has never been lived before and will never be lived again. And therefore, help us to enter in with great rejoicing, great thanksgiving for all the blessings and mercies, temporal and spiritual, we have received. Here, Father, we pray that your hand would be upon everyone here in the church, thankful for bringing everyone safely so far. We pray that as others may be traveling and even making their way and the conditions in the parking lot and so on, Father, keep your hand upon everyone, we pray, and bless abundantly. And let there be a word in season for every soul, as we sing and rejoice together as we read the Scripture and as the Word of God is unfolded to us, bless every every detail of our service of worship this morning. Bless, Lord, also those who are joining us online, either locally or from a distance. Pour out your Spirit, Lord, abundantly. Answer the prayers offered in Christ's name. And we look, Father, to see your answers to us. Remember those in our fellowship who are not well at this time. Lord, put your hand upon the sick ones we have been constantly remembering. Remember Brother Cranston and Reverend Bodner. We think, Lord, of Serene and Ron, our sister Joan. We pray for Cliff today, that your hand will be upon him to bless him as well. And the elderly ones that cannot venture out on a snowy day, bless them where they are this morning. And those perhaps who have been shut in for some time, Father, let them not miss out on the blessing. But be with them today and encourage their hearts and lift them up. Perhaps some are cast down for some reasons that we know nothing about. Lord, pour out a double portion of grace and of your Spirit upon them today. So hear our prayers. Bless us. Continue to watch over all of our sister congregations. We again pray for those without full-time pastors at this time, that you would bless them abundantly, encourage their hearts, keep them from being cast down, and rather lifting their eyes heavenward, looking to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hear our prayers today. We ask... In our Savior's precious and holy name, amen. Let's sing, please, again to the Lord's praise, Psalm 143, Psalm 143, and we will stand as we sing. be seated. I'm going to ask you to turn, please, now in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 for our congregational reading, book of Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the first four verses of this portion of the Word of God today, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 4. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author of resisted unto blood, striving against sin. These words that the Holy Spirit directed the apostle to write down, well, they follow in the context of chapter 11, the chapter of faith, the chapter where every believer is reminded of the Old Testament saint and how they were to encourage us along our Christian walk because of how they experienced the hand of God on them and the gift of faith given to them. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis and how Abel is shown to us as being a man of faith. His eyes were to the invisible God. He was looking beyond what he could see with his own natural and physical eyes He was looking to that which had been revealed to him by the Spirit of God. And how the Old Testament saints were motivated on and looking toward the promise of the everlasting God and the Redeemer that was to come. And so we also now, by faith, are looking to the cross of Calvary, to the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. and We're always encouraged by the Scriptures and by the words that are in front of us, to keep our eyes fastened upon the Savior. O pilgrim bound for the heavenly land, never lose sight of Jesus. That is our hope and that is what will keep us going in this present evil world and for all that is in front of us. And as we look to Christ and see how he suffered for us, how he endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself. And yet he persevered, and yet he got the victory, and he rose victoriously from the grave. And so we know today that because he lives, we shall live also. And that's the hope that we have as God's people this morning, and we can rejoice greatly in that. Well, we're happy to see you all here today, and you have safely arrived, and ones and twos are yet filtering in, and uh, the roads are greasy and slippery out there, and uh, we are very thankful that you're here with us. I'm especially thankful that Brother Golliher is here with his dear wife. They traveled down from Barrie this morning, and he told me he was thinking of calling me, and of course, with call display, if I had seen his name, I wouldn't have answered, no, no, I would have said, no, brother, you are got to get here one way or another. If we have to send out the snowmobile to get you, you'll get here one way or another. We're happy that they're with us this morning today. Also very pleased to welcome Shirley with us today, a friend of David and Rose, and we're very happy, Shirley, that you're with us in the congregation this morning, and some other folks, if I don't have your name, or if you're viewing our service online today, you are very, very welcome And we trust the Lord will bless you. Hyacinth and Clifton are not here this morning. And uh, Clifton is not just feeling too well today. And so we want to remember our brother in the Lord, that God's hand would be upon him. And, of course, there are others who are just shut in and not able to be with us and under. Well, just finding it difficult to navigate through these days and these times. And we pray God's hand would be upon them. Thank you all for your prayers uh, for me during the classes. Uh, we've been lecturing this last two weeks now for Geneva Reform Seminary, the uh, Theological Students. We have known the Lord's presence in our classes. We have known the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's certainly a great encouragement to me, to the students, I hope, and um, pray that God would continue. We have one final week to go, and then they'll be doing their examination this coming Friday in the will of the Lord. I'm really looking forward to this Wednesday evening as well because I've asked two of our Mexican brethren who are under the care of Presbytery to join us on Zoom, and they will share their testimonies and share the call of God into the ministry. And I think that will be a blessing for you to hear that and also to let them know that we are remembering them before the Lord. And, of course, when we're thinking about Mexico, we want to remember our Christmas card appeal. You'll see the card on the stand in the foyer. And each year we ask that people, instead of sending cards one to another in the congregation, that we would just have one large Christmas card Make sure that you sign your name to that card. What we do is that you would make an extra donation toward the work in Cordoba, uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Lalo Pena. That's our direction this year. And uh, we gather up these funds, and then early in January, we make sure that they go down uh, to the mission board, which will then be uh, distributed to the work in that very needy place in Cordoba. And I want to remind you to be sure to sign the card, and we will take a photograph of the entire card after it's finished, and we will email that down to the congregation so they can know uh, the heart and love of the people here that we're thinking about them. Well, as we're thinking about a photograph today, following our morning service, we want to have a photograph of our session and board And it's good that the risers are here in front of us, and you'll notice why are all these black markings on the carpet in front of us? Well, this coming Thursday night is our Christmas concert for Whitfield Christian uh, Schools, and so they've been busy practicing and preparing this week, and they will be setting up again on Monday morning, and so these black marks here are to do with the band positioning and so on. It's a school band that will be taking part and will be involved in the... A concert on this coming Thursday so if you would like to be a part of that you're welcome to come seven o'clock is the time but you would need to be here very early for that as it fills up very quickly with all of the parents and of course the students uh, that will be involved in that But I've got ahead of myself a little bit. That's because the risers are here. But we'll make use of those for our session and board photograph today that will involve and include the newest deacons that have been elected to the board. And we want to have a record of that. Our pre-service prayer time today will continue at 550 before the evening service, and that will be in our fellowship room just outside these doors here. And do join with us, come along and pray before our evening service. And Reverend Golliher will be the speaker tonight as well. On Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time, as I've already mentioned, about the testimonies from our brethren from Mexico. Friday night, the gym fellowship will continue at six o'clock, and then next Lord's Day. We will have our services at the regular time, our Sunday school at 9.55, morning service at 11, and then the evening service at 6.30. A couple of weeks ago, we had the visit in our prayer meeting of the representative from the Pregnancy Care Centre, Mrs. Linda Bartzi. We enjoyed the presentation and the work that this organization is doing Uh, to assist uh, people and families. And if you would like to be a volunteer, some folks were interested in that, if you would like to be a volunteer, we're organizing that from within our own congregation, and then you'll be able to uh, get in touch with, the uh, coordinator will be get get in touch with the Pregnancy Care Center, and then you'll be able to be directed what to do. So we would like, if you would be interested in doing that, that you would speak to the clerk of our uh, session, Mr. James Fraser, and uh, send him an email, or if you want to send it through to the office at torontofpc.ca, and we'll make sure that those emails are directed to the clerk, and that's how we're going to start. If you'd like to volunteer, we will uh, go through that process and, uh, and then get something organized down that road. A couple of advanced things for us. Uh, Today is the final day for including any changes in our phone directory for 2023. And uh, we're just gathering little bits and pieces. And if you have any changes that you want to make, please uh, let us know by today sometime. And we'll make sure those changes are entered in for the new book. We are also preparing a new daily Bible reading calendar for 2023. Uh, That is uh, being printed uh, very soon, and so we want to encourage you to keep that in mind for your own Bible reading for the new year. As we come down to the end of the calendar year, it's always important to think about our tithes and our offerings for the work of God here. And it's important to be sure that we don't end the year in not having paid up to the Lord and donations and tithes, as all the blessings he has given to us, we want to be sure that we are not falling short in any way either. So we leave that with you before God. Also, an advance annou- announcement going into the new year, and that is to do with our week of prayer in January, our congregational week of prayer. And that will be running from January the 23rd to the 27th, Monday to Friday, and this is always a great start to the new year, and it's a blessing for the people of God to gather as often as we can in prayer. <clears throat> On the Wednesday night, we're hoping to have a baptismal service, and this is a good time now for every everyone who knows the Lord, but if you've not been baptized yet, well, here's an opportunity for you to come forward and be sure that you follow God in faithfully obeying Him in that way. This is a good word for the young people in the congregation. If you've been saved and you're now at the point of being a young adult and you have understanding of what it means to follow Christ, well, we want to encourage you to think very carefully and you speak to me and we'll be sure to uh, put your name on the list and set up a time where we can chat and have an interview about that so those are important things we want to think about today well this morning it gives me a very uh, great delight to be able to make a presentation uh, to uh, Dr. Frank McClelland and I want our brother to please come to the front today and come up to the pulpit here along with the clerk of our session, Mr. James Fraser. If you would also come to the front, please, that would be very good. The Scripture tells us that it is a good thing to give honor where honour is due. And the ministry that we have, that God has given to us, both the ministry of this church here, of which Dr. McClellan was the founding pastor going back to the year 1976 when the church started here, and it is a tremendous blessing that we think about how God has done a great thing for us here in the house of the lord and how he has moved in a mighty way the ministry that the lord has also put under our care is the ministry of whitfield christian schools whitfield christian schools started in 1989 and it was a long time in planning 10 years before the school started it was in the heart of people in the congregation, and certainly motivated by Dr. McClellan, because there was a burden for the teaching and training of young people. And when that school began, it was under the vision of our dear brother. And as the school has grown to a large degree from those first days of having only 16 pupils, well, now over 260 young people are being trained every day and our school goes from junior kindergarten all the way to grade 12 and we have the benefit and blessing now of seeing those who have gone through our school who themselves have become married, have had children and they're now sending their children to the school and uh, several graduates have come back and are also teaching or have been teaching in our school. It is the largest ministry that our congregation has and is involved in. And we often encourage you to remember in prayer the work of Whitfield every single day because it is a vital work that we are involved in. And so as we want this day to take a moment and to acknowledge the work that Dr. McClellan has had from the earliest days of that vision under God and how the Holy Spirit directed him and blessed him. And, of course, as he was the uh, pastor of this congregation and carrying the weight of this burden in ministry and then carrying that forward into the school ministry, it was a tremendous workload and a tremendous weight and burden, and yet the Lord was in it all, and the Lord was the blessing and direction behind that. And Dr. McClellan has served as the administrator of our school. He then served as the, the president of our school. But now he is just not at the point where he can be as intricately involved in the ministry as he once was. And so not long ago he said, it's time for me to retire from being the president of the school. And so the session and board decided that it would be a very notable and an important memory as we are as he is retiring from being the president of whitfield we're going to retire that title altogether and the the church board decided we want to honor our brother with the designation of being the founder of our ministry and so brother that's what we are doing today and i want to give this plaque to mr fraser first of all so brother you come over here to the microphone and you're going to read the plaque out and then be able to present it to Dr. McClellan.
1: So this uh, plaque, we entitled it from Whitfield Christian Schools. As Dr. Saunders indicated, it is part of our ministry. And this is presented to Dr. Frank McClelland to acknowledge with grateful appreciation your 33 years of leadership and faithful service as Whitfield Christian School president and founder of the ministry. And it's dated December the 11th, 2022... And our text is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. And we'll present that to you.
2: Thank you you so much. Thank you. Uh, Folks, um, I am not what I used to be. uh, I'm not able to do things that I used to do. But I want to say how much I appreciate uh, the support of the people in the school endeavour, I remember vividly starting off in the basement of Wharton Avenue with just a handful of uh, students. And today we look at the work, and it is a tremendous blessing and encouragement to my soul. And our prayer is that it always has been that our school will be a school of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that many young people. Will find the saviour and so today I really appreciate uh, the kindness of the folks in giving me this plaque another one I don't know where I'm going to put all these plaques <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate it very very much thank you again
1: We
3: stay in the middle here. Sorry, folks, the pastor doesn't know what's going on here. So um, rest assured, everything's going to be okay, brother. Okay. Everything's okay. All, right. okay. All right. Now I'll stick to my notes. Um, a few weeks ago, Jonathan McInally was appointed uh, by the session to the position of the administrator of Whitfield Christian Schools. And We are very grateful uh, to the Lord for Jonathan accepting this role as a liaison between the school and the church board, but that obviously uh, created a situation. As a result, our pastor has had uh, to uh, hand over this role for him to be able, to, for Jonathan to assume this, and so we like to recognize um, our brother at this stage uh, of his involvement in the school. Uh, it has been twenty two years ago that uh, it was the turn of the new millennium to the year two thousand that uh, our brother assumed the role of the administrator of the school and I just wanted um, to uh, just give you a little bit of history for those of you that are fairly new to our church. Uh, just a brief history um, uh, he uh, has served in various capacities uh, prior to, to the year 2000. Uh, he was not—he was—he had his training wheels on. and had various titles and responsibilities in teaching and uh, in, in direction of the young people, especially in the high school. And so uh, he graduated from the theological hall in the year of 1991, just when we were starting all the activity here and and. and purchasing the building and, and land and the building of the new school. So those were busy years. And so uh, he had the training wheels on for a few years, and then uh, finally he was thrust into the responsibilities of the administrator in the, in the year 2000. And I just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, this role uh, uh, changed even in, in those 22 years uh, to where that he assumed the, a role after the retirement of our first principal, uh, Dr. Slade, in 2009. Larry assumed not only the administrator role, but also the principal role, because this was a transition time, and um, so there was a heavy workload, and also at the retirement of our uh, Dr. McLennan, and in 2008, he became the senior pastor of this church. So the uh, responsibilities were immense. And so we uh, note those years where he had a huge responsibility. And then when um, in 2017, um, with uh, Lee Starr retiring from the school and the church, he uh, also took back some of the principal roles in the transition to the next one. And uh, so we want to recognize, brother, all your uh, work Solomon reminds us, uh, and to all of us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. This church has known uh, many transitions in the past. We're going through them right now. I know I experienced it last year, and there is more to come, and uh, this is the lot of us uh, finite creatures, but it's, uh, we are so happy that we're able to recognize the labors of a brother, in, in, in his uh, uh, immense contribution to the school, he's been faithful, a faithful servant, and his, uh, he has faced the challenge tirelessly and kept a steady hand on the day-to-day operations of the school. And through many changes of teaching staff and students, Larry has been consistent in upholding the Christian testimony of this very vital ministry and upholding the vision that brought the school into existence, as you just have heard, in 1989.
1: James. So at this time, it gives me great pleasure to present this plaque to acknowledge uh, with grateful appreciation your 22 years of faithful service and dedicated service as Whitfield School Administrator, for Whitfield Christian Schools, dated December the 11th, 2022, 1 Corinthians 15:58, and we present this to Dr. Larry Saunders. Yeah. Thank you so much. you can have the final word. Thank you.
0: Well, I was going to go to Port Hope this morning, because Brother Crenston was not too well, and I said to Brother James, I said, well, since Ian Golliher is going to be here, I can be released and go to Port Hope. And he said, well, no, we need you here because there's a presentation that has to be made, a presentation. I didn't know that was involved in my presentation too. Uh, but it was very, very kind and thoughtful, and I, I really appreciate the kind words, Brother George and James, and it is... Um, you know, you come to these times in your own ministry in life and you just look back and say, it is all of the the grace of God. It's all of the direction and leading of the Lord. Of ourselves, we are weak creatures and any one of us would be nothing wandering far away, was it not for the sovereign grace of God and for His almighty power that enables you need to keep going and do what you need to do for the honor of the Lord. And so we don't take any credit for it ourselves, but say all glory and honor and praise to the Lord. And don't we come back so often to the catechism question, what is man's chief end? It is to glorify God, to enjoy him forever. And so that's our hope and desire and prayer. And the Lord will keep us going as long as he wants to make use of us in his kingdom and for his honor. So thank you very much. It's a very lovely memento. Let's sing, please, number 312. And we will stand, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. (laughs) We're very happy that our brother Golliher is able to be with us today to minister the word. We always enjoy our brother's preaching and his fellowship in the gospel, and we rejoice for the long years we have been able to know him, and we're happy that he's only living a short distance away from us now. And appreciate his willingness to come and fill in during the heavy workload of the seminary lectures this week him to step in. It's been much appreciated, and it's of the Lord. Lord makes no mistakes, and we're always thankful that uh, brother can share the Word here with us, and also very happy that his wife Beulah is with us in the congregation today, uh, joining him, and we're happy about that. So, brother, may the Lord bless you as you bring the Word to us today.
4: Thank you very much for the welcome here to the pulpit this morning. As Please turn with you uh, me in your Bible to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter two. When I rolled out of bed this morning and looked out and saw the white stuff, the wimpy side of me said, "Call Larry." But the manly side of me said, "Oh no, he'll call me a wimp." And then I got over that, and then I got out to clear the driveway just a couple of inches. And the wimpy side of me said, call Larry. And then the manly side said, no, don't, he'll call you wimp. And you know Dr. Saunders, he doesn't say no very easily or take no very easily. And so here we are in the grace of God. The roads were fine. Travel was good and it's great to be here to be a part of this service. And I'd certainly add my salute to the work of Dr. McClelland over the years and the establishment of this church and the school and as a personal friend and mentor to me and an encourager uh, through many things over these years. And we just praise God for that light, life and light that He has shown, and we thank God for him and his ministry. Likewise, with Dr. Saunders and the years of service that he has rendered here, um, he's the hardest working minister I've ever known. Early mornings due to the school schedule, late nights due to church schedule, and of course it is unending the responsibilities. And we're just thankful that the Lord has given this man the strength and the shoulders to bear the load, and for, of course, the wife that God has given him to stand alongside and her labors as well ongoing in the work of the school. This, again, is God's doing, and I, I pray for Reverend Saunders every day, and I trust the Lord will keep him going and continue to bless his ministry here and the work of this congregation. those that are joining in online, I trust that you will stay with us for the message and that the Lord will speak to every heart as we open God's Word and as we turn to our message this morning. Luke 2, and verse 15 is our Bible reading, and uh, Luke 2, sorry, verse 25 will commence our reading. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary's mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's unite in prayer. Father, we thank Thee for this record of this man, Simeon. We thank Thee, O God, for the example, the steadfastness of a man in the service of God, until that day when he saw Christ. Thank you, Lord, for giving us men to serve in thy church, to hold up the banner of the gospel for the cause of the Lord Jesus. We ask today that thou wilt bless thy church, our whole denomination, and the church worldwide with men that will be willing to, to stand for Christ. We pray that you'll bless this congregation. We rejoice in the foundation that has been led, and we pray, O oh Lord, that you'll raise up pillars in the church and that you'll be glorified in strengthening thy kingdom and thy work through this congregation here. Give help, Lord, in this pulpit now. Come and help us in our frailty and weakness grant that the name of our Lord Jesus will be greatly honored in this gathering. In the Savior's great name we ask. Amen. Amen. In these verses, we have a little window into the happiest day in Simeon's life on earth as he served in the temple there in the city of Jerusalem. For many days, and probably for years, day after day he labored in the temple doing the work of sacrificing as a priest. Two things kept him faithful. One you'll notice in verse 25 where it says, the Holy Ghost was upon him. Here is a man who was not laboring in his own strength. He was not motivated by his own heart. But the Holy Ghost was working in him mightily. I've always enjoyed John Bunyan's picture of the man who was being attacked by the devil. And John Bunyan drew the scene of a fire raging, and there were men throwing buckets of water upon the fire on one side of the hedgerow. Why did the fire not go out? Because on the other side of the hedgerow there was a man pouring on buckets of oil. And that's what keeps God's servants laboring faithfully, even in the heat of the battle and against all the odds. It is the Spirit of God that pours in the oil and keeps the fire of faith burning in us. The second reason that Simeon labored faithfully is that God gave him a word, a word that he would not die until he saw Christ in the flesh. You'll read that in verse 26. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not See death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so it was with this strong personal conviction and faith that he labored. And it paid off because there came a day when in through the doors of that temple came Mary with a babe in arms and Joseph. It was probably the 40th day from his birth. It was a a purification ceremony. And there was Simeon receiving this child into his arms. Now Luke, in his record of this event, is very careful that on that day when Simeon came to work, When he came to the temple to conduct his ministry, it says that he came by the Spirit into the temple. I trust that you came to church today by the Spirit. It quickens your mind. He quickens your heart. He stirs up your faith. You are alert to the ministry of God. Now as the Lord had had revealed to him that he would see the Savior, the Messiah, the hope of the world, this was Simeon's finest hour, and his eyes were fastened upon the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. We're told that he took that child into his own arms, he held him, he gazed upon the child with Tremendous delight and with tremendous affection. If any man ever had the spiritual heartburn, it was Simeon right there that day when his eyes fell upon the beautiful child, the Lord Jesus. Now, reading this account, you will discover that this was momentous because the scripture reads for us here. And if you look at the verse 29, and I want you to get this, and it's just a little word, but it makes all the difference. You'll notice with child in arms, he blessed God and said, Lord, now. And remember, I think I preached it here before. We looked at the clock. Now is a time word. It relates to a point in time. The promise that was given to Simeon has been realized. There was now from this moment a past promise, but a present fulfillment. And it changed the outlook of God's servant. And then it is momentous, and in verse 30, you're given the reason. If you look at the word for, for, or because, it's the reason, it's a causal statement. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Now, now that I have seen the Lord Jesus, I have seen. The salvation of God. Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. The promise was fulfilled. When I read this account, as I have done over and over this past week, I had this question Why is this here in Luke 2? Why did Luke consider it so important to add this very private, personal experience that took place between him and his Lord and gave all this space to it in Luke's gospel? And you know that the gospel writers are, they were very economic with their descriptions and the space that they gave. Some of the great events in the history of Christ are written in a short little space. And so writers were conscious that they had to keep things brief. But Luke considered it absolutely vital that this would be right here in the Scriptures for our reading. As I thought about that, the answer has to be that we are all Simeon's. We are all living on the promise that one day we will see the Christ, the salvation of God, and we are all on the same trajectory of death. Here he was serving in the temple constantly, regularly, and he was promised that before death he would see the Christ. Now, for many of us here today, there is much more of life behind us than there is before us. And we are getting closer and closer to the hour when we will leave this world and go out into eternity. And you and I, as Christians, we live as Simeon on a promise. And I want to say to you that Simeon's hope is our hope. What God gave to this man, which to a great degree made him faithful and effective in God's work, is our hope. Now, in the providence of God, we are honoring two men in this congregation for their faithful service. And I think there are many parallels that we can draw. And we certainly apply it to them. But I want to speak to you today. Our hope is Simeon's hope. Like Simeon, and here's my first point, and for note-takers, don't miss this. Like Simeon, we are a people who live on the promise of Christ. I want to go back now and read verse 25 and 26. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It was on the basis of that promise that Simeon labored. And I want you to notice that this was prophetical to Simeon. It was totally in keeping with the messianic promises of the Old Testament. There was nothing radical, nothing different, but it was a prophecy given right to Simeon. And all Christians, all believers in the Lord Jesus live on the same promise. What you believe today is the same as what I believe when it comes to the core of the gospel, what we know of the Lord Jesus, what we accept of Him, of His work and ministry and His grace for sinners, we cling to all of that with all our hearts, with all our hope. He suffered on the cross for us. He shed His blood for us. And we come to those great statements of the Bible that tell us that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We live on the promise of Christ. Now this promise was made personal to Simeon. While it is true of all who know the Lord. When the God spoke, He spoke to Simeon. Even before Mary and Joseph appeared with that babe in arms, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would see the Christ. This was the personal witness of the Spirit of God to him, It was special to him in the work of the ministry. And the Holy Spirit ministers to each one of us just as personally as he did to Simeon. There was a time when we were strangers to grace and to God. When you and I were on the broad road of the world, we were lost and hopeless. But God spoke a word. And that word of the effectual call of the gospel, we heard it. And we were brought to faith in the Lord Jesus. Now you'll notice in verse 29 that Simeon lived on that word. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the written Word, not so much to Simeon. Simeon would have had the 39 books of the Old Testament. Simeon would have had the written Word of God. But it's quite possible that the Holy Spirit spoke to him in some manner. But it was a word. It was not signs and dreams and visions. It was a Word. There were words involved. And our faith is made personal to us as we come to the written Word. There's a relationship between you, your faith, and the Bible. This Bible is more than just cover, and pages, and ink. It's the God-breathed Word. And blessed are those times when you open the book and you read those very passages, and it's not just history. It's God witnessing, bearing witness by His Spirit in your soul. And you can feed on that Word. You can live on that Word You can stand on that Word, and you can pray on that Word. And it opens up to you a world of relationship with the living God. Simeon had that. Another thing, this promise of one day seeing Christ was empowering to Simeon. It carried him along. In life's work. The divine assurance that he would not see death until he saw the Christ, it fueled his faith. And there was a fire of faith burning in his soul. There was an inner energy empowering this man to keep on believing and keep on serving and hoping on that promise that he would see the Christ child. And what a stirring that was of his heart. It was not the code of the Levites that kept him serving. It was not legal protocols, rules and laws and regulations that made Simeon tick. It was his faith and the empowering of the Spirit in his own soul. God calls every Christian to endure difficult, hard things. Sometimes it is the loneliness. Sometimes it is the reproach of the world. Sometimes it is the dogged busyness of Christian service. And sometimes we grow weary in it. But what stirs us up and spurs us on is that inner ministry of the Spirit. And think of what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And if you are serving the Lord today and you feel the weariness of it, just take hope in this. There is strength in the Lord. He will strengthen you for the task. And so, Simeon, he rested on the promise of Christ. But also like Simeon, we are a people who hope in the very person of Christ. Because that day Mary and Joseph came through the doors of the temple. They brought the babe in arms, and there before the eyes of Simeon was the Lord Jesus Himself. Verse 27 says, When he, the parents brought in the Lord Jesus, and nothing else would do. What if they had left him home that day? Bring your children to church, by the way. What if Mary and Joseph were there? It wouldn't have done. Simeon's faith was not in Mary, but in the Lord Jesus. And this was the moment when Simeon's faith, living on a promise, was turned to sight. There was to be no more waiting, no more living on a bare promise. There was no more pressing himself into this daily routine of service with an unseen hope. That day when Mary and Joseph came to the temple with the Lord in her arms, To Simeon, hope became reality, and that is our Christian hope too, for Christ is made real to us. We have now, beyond Simeon, all of the New Testament. Not only 27 books in written form, but the history, the truths, the facts, the events the victories, the triumphs of our Lord Himself at the cross, of the empty tomb of the first century of Christian evangelism, the world that was turned upside down by this gospel. And later now, where our Lord Jesus said, this gospel shall go into all the world, we live to see that. And so, the things that our Lord Jesus were promised in Him are, to a great degree, fulfilled already. And we know that Christ is come. He lives. And as a born-again Christian, I know He lives, for He lives within my heart. Now, Simeon held this babe in arms. He took him up in his own arms. Look at that in verse 28. Then took he him up in his arms. Jesus, the child, the baby, in the flesh. This was now the ultimate reality. A child in human flesh with a real body. And he felt that body. He felt the weight of the child. He felt the warmth of the child. He felt the very amazement of holding this newborn in his
5: arms.
4: Now, we would do that with a child too if we were presented a family member had a newborn. Every woman in particular is not happy just to see the child and Gaze and comment, let me hold him. All the joy of it. All the reality of it. And to stroke and feel the smoothness of the skin. And families, of course, will coo and ah, and they gush with endearing remarks of this newborn child. And think of the rush of devotion that filled Simeon's heart as he held the child. The joy had to be greater than a mother's love and a mother's joy as she would hold her newborn. Simeon's faith now was fueled to a peak and a height that was never experienced before, and the Spirit of God was upon him, and there must have washed over his soul waves of love, waves of love, this was indeed His finest hour. Now this happens to us too with our faith in the Lord because we are called to admire Him. We're to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But I also take note of Peter's statement, 1 Peter 1.8. I'd like you to turn to it. It's so important. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 8. Now, this is Peter writing to Christians, believers in the Lord Jesus. And I want you to notice how Peter does not say this about himself. Because Peter had seen the Lord Jesus. Peter was introduced to the Lord by his brother Andrew. That was how he was brought to Christ. Peter saw the Lord on the Mount Transfiguration and all the glory of his uh, 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 effulgence beamed through his flesh. Peter saw the Lord when he was risen from the tomb. What a wonderful interview Peter had with the Lord on that morning. Peter saw the living Christ but those to whom he wrote did not. And he says to them here in 1 Peter 1.8, whom have ye not seen, ye love. That's the miracle of the new birth. You cannot say that to all men, only to a born-again Christian. And of course, Peter was writing to believers Those who were in Christ and knew Christ. And he says to them, Have they not seen you you were never there? Perhaps some of them were never even born. You weren't there to see Christ either before his resurrection nor afterwards. You're going on the witness of the gospel, you're going on the word of God. You're going on the great testimony of others. I have seen Christ. You have not. But how wonderful that ye love Him, in whom though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." What Simeon enjoyed as he held that Christ babe in his arms, we can experience. Christians enjoy an amazing affection, affinity, and fellowship with the living Lord Jesus. He is our everything. He is the total sum of all our love and all our delight now it was the lord jesus who said that is a greater thing for those who have not seen him and yet love him than those who have seen him and love him you remember thomas and he said my lord my god jesus saith unto him thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed, blessed being happy. And so there is a joy, there's a thrill, there's a heartburn, there's a delight, there's a rush of grace in our souls. By faith, by this living, inner living of the Spirit, yes, we can say, Jesus lives in my heart. And those to whom Peter was writing, by the way, they were going through fiery trials They were suffering for Christ. Why? The love was burning in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that's what will make you a man, woman, young person to go through with God. Do you love the Lord Jesus? That's the test. Do you love Him supremely? Do you love Him more than the world? Do you love Him more than popularity? Are you willing to give up the world because you love the Lord Jesus so deeply? Move to verse 28 back in Luke 2 again, and you'll notice something, that Simeon worshiped the Father through the Son. Then took he Him up in His arms and you'll notice the first thing that he did, the first expression that he made with that child in his arms. And bless God. Blessed there simply means thanked God. He offered his worship to the Father. This was God's gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And as Simeon lifted up, the physical body of that little child to admire him, so the Lord Jesus lifted up to the Father his praise. And so our eyes are opened by the work of the Spirit, and through our Lord Jesus, we worship our Heavenly Father. Jesus is the way. He's the way to the Father. And we have now reconciliation with God and peace with God. And we see our all in all in our Lord Jesus. He satisfies us. We can say now, once once I was a stranger, but now because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I move thirdly now to our very last point, and note-takers take this heading. Like Simeon, we are a people who experience the power of Christ. So you've had the promise, the person, and now the power. Verse 29. What was this experience? How did it play out in Simeon's heart and life? Verse 29 says, Lord, now let us thou thy servant, depart in peace. Believers experience through beholding the Lord Jesus peace. That's the gospel. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And that's the wonder of the gospel. That's what it does in us. That's the experience that is told consistently by every born-again believer. That when you surrender your heart, when you confess your sins, when you believe on the Lord Jesus and look to Him as your salvation, instantly there's a flood of peace. The battle is over. The consciousness of the guilt of sin wanes. And there's a resting now on the grace, the mercy that is in our Lord Jesus. Let us now, thy servant, depart in peace. I wish I could expand on this gospel rest. Allow me a moment just. The promise of the Holy Spirit that Simeon would see the living Christ was fulfilled. He knew with absolute God-given confidence that this was the Christ child, the one who would be the Savior of the world and his Savior too. And the Lord Jesus was made real to him as that Savior. He was in the Spirit, in the temple, as he ministered, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And when his eyes fell on that child, he knew this is he. This is the one. This is it. And that is a likewise momentous moment for every sinner that comes to Christ. When you are born of the Spirit and your eyes are opened by grace to the gospel, you get it, you lay hold of it, and you rest in it, with all your heart. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit within. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I say Simeon's hope is our hope because just as was confirmed to Simeon there on that day, this is the Christ. That's what happens in our conversion. In Matthew eleven twenty-five. 25... Jesus answered and said as he prayed to the Father, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. This now is the mystery of regeneration, the opening of our eyes to Christ. And verse 26, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. And then it goes on to talk about take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and find rest. For your souls. And this is the sovereign, miraculous work of the Holy Spirit to bring us to resting in the Lord Jesus. That's the experience. That's how it plays out in the individual life. Also in verse 32 of Luke 2, believers experience the light of Christ in their souls. It says, "...a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel." Now, Christians are not inspired. We don't claim inspiration. We don't write Scripture. We don't receive revelations. But every single born-again, spirit-taught Christian is illuminated. Their eyes are opened to see and understand what they could never find alone. And that's what Jesus does. He's the light even to the Gentiles, to the darkest souls. And you may have family members that are so darkened. They may even be idolaters. They may be filled with superstition. And you might say there's no possible way that person can be brought to faith in Christ. Never say that. Because our Lord Jesus is a light to lighten the Gentiles. And each one is brought to out of darkness, into light by the power of the gospel. And that's why we must keep on preaching the gospel. The devil fears lest the light of the gospel should shine in onto them. But this is our work. This is our ministry. That's what this church has been built for. That's what the gospel is all about. Good news to a lost, darkened world because Jesus is the light of the world. And without Him, there's no hope. When I ponder what's happening in Canada, I might fall into despair. I see the immorality. I see the laws that are crafted, that are made to open up and fling open the vilest of sins and a youth that is growing up imbibing such wicked philosophy. Where is our hope in Canada? It is in Christ and His gospel. Simeon's hope is our hope. Let us labor on. Let us pray on. And, sinner of your here today, fix your eyes upon Jesus. And the things of this world shall grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. May God fill our hearts with hope today. Simeon's hope is our hope. Shall we close in prayer? Let's unite in prayer, please. Father, we come to Thee today today in this wonderful name of our Lord Jesus. And we can only say thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son. Thank you for our Lord Jesus. He's real, He is living, and He lives in our hearts. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to behold the beauty the sufficiency that is in Christ. Oh, Lord, bless this congregation. Bless every soul today with this personal faith and grant that you will encourage each heart and glorify your name by adding to your church such as should be saved. Save today, Lord. Speak on when the voice of man is silent and hear our cry. And now dismiss us with your blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each blood-bought saint now and evermore. Amen. Amen.